to the McGaffin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I mean, and this is still a thing that we do. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who have been uh, craving some uh, McGaffin Fries, uh, I apologize for the fact that we have been a little quiet lately. We I, had I apologize for being. You should apologize. Yeah. Uh, well, I even, said the, I even said on the website I was sent would to you, exile. Would you apologize then to our listeners? <clears throat> I'm sorry for being sent to exile. Ian me. is very sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, actually. It's, it's been uh, over three weeks nearly. Isn't I know, I know. This is uh, starting to get a little separation, separation anxiety. <laughs> but although Please I'm, don't I'm, move closer when you say that. Although I must, <laughs> I'm moving closer. Go to back the, to where you were. I'm moving closer to the mic. I'm not moving closer to you. Okay. <laughs> but why are you moving away? I'm uncomfortable around your raw tiger oh. bloodness. <laughs> You're winning at the couch. Don't make me bathe your soul in the tears of jaguars. <laughs> As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, we're winning. It yes. is a winning weekend, and we're winning our way through this winning podcast. And we'll talk about what that means in five minutes. Yes, we will. So, uh, as usual, we'll do movie reviews and a uh, little bit of movie news, because it's been a while, we've actually seen a shit ton of movies. Yeah, we've managed to see quite a few films. We want, Actually, I don't think we can fit all of them in. We've no. had to select a few, so we're going to do three each. That's six reviews. That's shitloads more than we normally do. Yeah. For those of you who take the trouble to listen to the entire podcast in one stretch, you'll know how we can kind of ramble on. So... Three movies each, I'd say, is more than sufficient. Yeah. Um, I'll be reviewing uh, The Fighter, mm-hmm. um, The Adjustment Bureau, and I'll be reviewing Battle Los Angeles. I, too, shall be reviewing Battle Los Angeles. I'll be reviewing Rango, and I'll be reviewing Paul, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movie. All movies that I want to see. I have not seen any of them, actually, except, I mean, except for Battle Los Angeles. The summer blockbuster season starts here. It does. Everything that I've heard about Rango has been... Although in the UK, it's fucking freezing. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got back to Malaysia, I'm like, this is a summer blockbuster season. All these movies are on the top. In England, it's like, I don't want to go to the cinema. It's I know, but you can take advantage, take advantage of the situation. You can make use of the winter wardrobe. You know, mm. you can use your fall collection. Yeah. <laughs> I am an autumn person. I do wear an awful lot of... You look like an autumn person. Yeah, yeah. A lot of blacks and You brands. certainly don't look like someone who basks in the sun. Fuck no. <laughs> You are one pale son of a bitch. Pale and interesting, thank you. Pale and interesting. You have to wait for all your freckles to join up before you can get a tan. And they're working on it. They're working really hard. They are, especially your arms. It actually looks a little weird. You've got a whole mystique thing going on, only instead of blue, it's like a weird sort of beige. <laughs> that, you know, like without, without described- actually being able to see him, that sounds horribly unattractive. <laughs> I've had a lot of compliments in my time, but I've never been described as beige. <laughs> the freckles. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. Nothing else is beige. <laughs> Trust me. Moving on, we'll jump straight into the movie news. and stop this waffle. Um, first of all, I mean, I, I, it's a pity that we were away for this because it would have been good to give up to the minute updates on exactly how crazy Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen is. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've, if you've missed it, uh, you know, Charlie Sheen is opened a war with Lauren Michaels and the producers of Two and a Half Men. No, it's not Lauren Michaels, oh. it's uh, Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre, sorry, yeah, I get the, Lauren, they have Lauren, all the war in their name, I get confused. Lauren Michaels is uh, Saturday Night Live. Dirty Rock, yeah. So yeah, they, they declared war on them by saying he's an awesome warlock and... Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing because now with this, uh, he recently, uh, Charlie Sheen recently did this Funnier Dive video with Charlie, Charlie Sheen's winning recipes. Yeah. It is, I, it is pure genius. Yeah, up until this point, I mean, everything seemed all signs... Looks like that he's going insane. All signs seem to indicate that this guy was losing his fucking mind in the public eye and no one was stopping him. And they had all these NBC people or, you know, news people interviewing in the most serious manner possible. I know, And I he's know. like, well, you know, I'm a warlock. I've got tiger blood and I'm winning yeah. what I'm doing. Am I on a drug? Yeah, I'm on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. And if you take it, you will die. <laughs> that was his line. He actually said this. This is not made up. 
Uh, it's like, in, you know, it's like. In I'm just like, gonna get all his stuff and put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> in one radio interview, like you, you know, like the guy was like saying, "So you've been working out a lot. Uh, you've been working a lot. You can. You've been working out a lot, Charlie." Yeah. It's like, well, I've been working out, but only once in the gym. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he does live with two porn stars. He is a fucking rock star. Yeah. He is a fucking rock star. And, and he's I am totally strangely envious. Yeah, I mean he's he's not gonna apologize. Actually, not, not strangely envious. Fuck it. I'd love to be this guy for like a day. <laughs> Who, tell me you wouldn't want to be Charlie. And then you would die. Day. Then I would die. And you know what? Probably with a smile on my face. <laughs> because all warlocks are war rewarded in the afterlife. <laughs> he knows damn well as soon as he dies, he's gonna have virgins galore because he is a warlock who bathes in the tears of Jaguars. <laughs> He's saying this. The, uh, he well, cooks steaks just by looking at them. Yeah, through observation. I'm going to put this funnier die sketch up because this is the thing that really turned this from Tom Cruise jumping on the couch to a whole new level. Because yeah. he's gone from saying crazy things to mocking himself saying crazy things overnight. He is a postmodern genius. So at some point, he knows how insane what he's saying is, but he just doesn't care because. He's a celebrity, and that's yeah. what they can do. Yeah, and they just normally they just go out and kill hookers, and no one knows about it. Affleck, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no bullshit. Because I haven't been with a hooker today. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's, there's a very good. Yes, uh, I was the bomb in Phantoms. I'll link to uh, I'll link to the funnier die sketch, and I'll also link to a uh, in the in the show notes. I'll also link to the uh, Brett Easton Ellis who wrote American Psycho. There's a very good deconstruction of what the fuck's going on here and how it's a it's a birth of a new type of celebrity who totally Embrace is aware that like yeah celebrities do this shit all the time, but it's behind closed doors. Yeah. They are yeah. all insane. Yeah. I mean, you have to be that big of an egomaniac to get paid 20, 30 million a movie and to, and to feel that you're worth 20, you know, 20, yeah, yeah. 30 and they get away with murder. It's exactly. just that he's bringing, he's just like, yeah, I mean, the, uh, interesting counterpoint is another article which is about his actual, Michael Bay's his assault getting, history. Michael Bay's been getting away with murder for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced that Michael Bay in his backyard has dead hookers. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, he uses them as he uses them as corpses in Transformers movies. It's like, no. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> she was dead when we got here. We just put some rubble around it. But you know what? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an explosion. <laughs> I'd highly recommend as well you go and have a look at Charlie Sheen's website, charliesheen.com. The latest part of the insanity is he's announced a 20-venue tour of the U.S. Which sold out in minutes. In minutes. Nobody knows what the fuck he's going to do, yeah. but everyone he knows wants, he wants to be to there at the front line. <laughs> How much do you want to bet when he walks up before he says a single word, he gets a standing ovation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he'll be smoking. He'll be smoking. It's, he's a fucking rock star. Yeah. And I want to be Charlie Sheen for a day. <laughs> Actually, uh, <coughs> here's a little thing for you listeners. Hang on, here's what it says for the show. It wait, says, wait, one second. Here's a little thing for you listeners right now. Uh, why don't you send us an email at podcast at mcgappinfries.com and the title of, and, and what I'd like you to write is, if I was Charlie Sheen for a day, what would I do? There you go. Email that shit in. Podcast at mcgappinfries.com. You've said it twice, so I'm not going to bother. Okay. Sorry, you were saying? Uh, so apparently the uh, the publicity for this show says, Shane says, will there be surprises? Will there be guests? Will there be mayhem? Will you ask questions? Will you laugh? Will you scream? Will you know the truth? Will there be more? This is where you will hear the real story from the warlock. Bring it. I dare you to keep up with me. I love this guy. And another thing, when he, when, he, when he actually got fired from Two and a Half Men, because this whole shit was going on for a while, they were firing, he was firing lobs and they were saying nothing. And they eventually said, we've had enough, you're fired. At that point, he went to a building in Beverly Hills, stood on the roof with a machete and brandished it above his head. 
What the fuck is that all about? I would love to be a fly on the wall at a family dinner with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez. What the fuck are you doing, man? Emilio's going, oh, thank God I changed my name because people, I kept my name because people aren't going to associate with that nutmeg. You know, I, I heard someone saying that maybe Martin Sheen should have a chat, but he should do it in the, in either the, you know, in the role from like uh, the, the, the West Wing. Yeah. Or else from on the Apocalypse Now. What are you doing, Charlie? There was this uh, really, I mean, I found it funny. Um, Emilio Estevez, he was going to visit uh, his dad, Martin Sheen, mm -hmm. probably to talk about how they're going to you know, take Charlie Sheen out of the will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the press, the press there, was some, uh, there was some paparazzi there, and they caught him, and they took a picture of him. And he took a picture of them with his phone, taking a picture of him. Yeah. And so he's got like, so, so the picture that came up on like, uh, you know, Emilio Estevez spotted visiting Charlie Sheen is this picture of him with his phone hand handed out, and the, looking into camera, taking a picture. And all of the talkbacks, <laughs> are all like, what the fuck piece of shit phone is that? <laughs> <laughs> They're all commenting about how he uses a cheap phone, his career must be in the dumps because his phone is a piece of shit. Same as with the one you have. Uh, no, his is uh, slightly better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> his has a camera. <laughs> But I just thought, like, what the fuck kind of fucked up society do we live in? It's getting more fucked up every day. You know, it's like, this the guy's not doing shit. He's going to visit his dad. He's, and he's just taking a snap of, like, look at the crazy shit I have to deal with that. The rest of the world just wants to ram their fist up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh fucking God. But Charlie Sheen, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're up to, but... Keep if, going. I just wish that every celebrity meltdown could be like this. Yeah, yeah, it could be this fun. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if Tom Cruise had gone this route? Holy shit, that oh would have been awesome. He's, but that, 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 I think I said to you earlier, the crazy thing is that it's not just emotional babbling. Should He's strangely adequate. I don't think it'll play well. Who do you think is going to be the next meltdown? Let's try and predict. Like, if you were to... <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dakota Fanning. Really? Yeah. You reckon she's gonna go coke that whore? I think she's gonna snap. <laughs> I'm hoping it's Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson? I don't think so. I can't take it anymore, I'm an actor! I don't think so, he's English. I'm thinking it could be James Franco based upon his Oscar presenting. Yeah, he, he must have been stoned. Did you watch it? Yeah, he looks stoned. He was like, I mean, I've heard articles where they said that he does maintain a persona of bored aloofness slash stoneness to kind of keep himself distant when he's doing interviews and stuff. But he's, from what I've heard, I didn't see the show, but I did see things that apparently now Anne Hathaway hates him. Oh, really? Yeah, that, again, it was a very gossipy side, but it was saying that she hates him because of the, she, he let her carry the show. She had to carry the whole fucking thing. She pretty much did, actually. I mean, it was... Uh uh, he he didn't do a good job. But was he that? Was he just sleeping? Uh, he was, just looked stoned. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to describe how the way he hosted. He looked fucking baked out of his gourd. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, when when he was uh, uh, when they announced him for like the best actor nominations and everything, and they cut to him, he was backstage. He had this fuck. He was just standing there, like nodding, look with this shit-eating grin. He looked fucking stoned. His eyes all red. <laughs> he, his eyes were barely open. I mean, he looked fucking baked. Uh, That's what I think is going to happen next yeah, anyway. year. Anyway. A little bit... Uh, Let us know as well if you, who you think should be next. Podcast me up. Actually, I don't, know. I, don't know who I, I don't know who I'd like to see. I'd like to see, I'd like to see Denzel Washington fucking snap. I would love to see Denzel Washington fucking lose his mind. <laughs> it's like him, training day. I'd love him to lose it. It's like, I'm fucking King Kong. <laughs> Nobody fucks with me. What's her name? Sandra Bullock. Just to go from America's sweetheart to America's most hated woman. That'd be awesome. No, that's not gonna happen. I know. 
But that's why it would be awesome because it's it's so unlikely. She just loses it. I'd like to see Keanu Reeves fucking lose it. Yeah. Because <laughs> can do. <laughs> so relaxed. There is actually. You it's know, not cool, man. It's not cool. You know, um. <laughs> and Deck, you know the girl. Kat you know Cat Dealey. You want me to say whoa? Dare, I dare you to ask me to say. You know Cat Dealey? Yeah. She's yeah. on a lot of UK shows. Yeah. She's a host for like The Bachelorette or some of the or Dancing on Ice or some shit like that in the UK. Isn't in the she US. on Doctor Who? No. Um. But there was a skit done, and it's on YouTube. But it's not. It's like you know, UK host loses their shit, and it just has her like, okay, so you've gotten this far. How was? You, how did you feel you did in this round of the dancing? And then like the crowd are whooping and hollering and stuff like that, and she's just like, okay, can we quiet down? Can we quiet down? And it shows her losing her shit. Now put online like it's real, but it was a skit for a show. But right. that was pretty funny, just like to see her going. She's the most nicest woman in television. Uh -huh. Would you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to do a television show. <laughs> did you see the one that Michael Sarah did for uh, Youth in Revolt? No. Yeah, he did one as well. Like this was uh, not not long after the whole Christian Bale thing, and uh, he did this mock thing where he just freaks out on the fucking on, on the set of Youth and Revolt, <laughs> and it's <was> pretty funny because <laughs> he's dressed. He's in his Francois Dillinger get up. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. got the mustache and everything, and he's wearing like a big bathrobe over his costume, and he's just like screaming at everyone. <laughs> I must look for that. I'll put that link out off. Scott Pilgrim loses his shit. <laughs> In uh, other news, there's been uh, some interesting uh, casting developments for the Zack Snyder-helmed Superman reboot, mm -hmm. uh, which the tentative title is Man of Steel. Superman, Man of Steel, which is not a bad title. Hopefully that means there's going to be some John Byrne in there. Um, mm. I'm, I'm completely all well, right. They're, they're going with the origin shit, so Man of Steel has always has been that title since then. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane have been cast as Superman's parents. I think this is genius casting. It's very cool. This is cool fucking casting. I'm, I'm actually, I hope Carla Gugino isn't in it because I'm sick of seeing Carla Gugino in fucking mm. Zack Snyder movie. Gugino. Carla Gugino. 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 This is like, well, who, who are the parents in Spider-Man now? Um, Dennis Leary's not the dad. He's like Gwen, Gwen uh, yeah, Stacy's dad. Gwen Stacy's dad. He's, uh, he's Oliver Cromwell. Not Oliver Cromwell. James Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who the parents are, actually. Who's that? Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Martin Sheen's in this. So. Sweet. He's Uncle yeah, Ben, right? He's uh, Uncle Ben. Yes. Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben. Uncle ben yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also a very good casting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Kevin Costner, I think, is he, he's about to have a renaissance. I think this could be good for him. I mean, just to get... Because it's not... He can't do Kevin Costner's shtick. He's got to be acting and yeah. stuff, and yeah. it should be good. What was the movies you said he was good in there as well? Uh, well, I mean, the movie that kind of uh, reintroduced me to him as an actor to, to, to look out for once again was uh, The Upside of Anger, mm. which was uh, pretty much a chick flick. It was a Joan Allen um, top line film, and he had a... Uh, uh, he had a supporting role in it as, guess what, <laughs> uh, a retired baseball player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the boy just can't stay away from the no. fucking sports, you know? He's a retired baseball player. He's a player but one thing about, like, Kevin... He's a pretty good yeah. retired baseball player. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin, who now uh, is a sports commentator uh, on the radio. All right. Uh, and he's really, really good in that. He's basically like, you know, alcoholic. And, and he was uh, good in Company Men as well, right? He was good in Company Men as well, yeah. He looked like a, again, he looked like a very Jonathan Jack role in that. You know, he's handling bricks, he's got his shirts on. Real salt of the earth, you know, like real Americana. Mm. Greatest country that ever existed. Well, I mean, yeah, the guy, the original, I can't remember the name of the actor from the original uh, Superman movies who was uh, Pat Kent, but like, your man from The Dukes of Hazard. That was uh, Glenn Ford, wasn't it? Glenn Ford, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy from Dukes of Hazard who was in the Smallville TV show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He, he made it his own. I mean, Kavir is like, oh, it's, it's fucking Bo. Or was it Luke? I can never remember. They're like that in deck. But um, <laughs> it was, oh, it's one of the Luke boys. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, when yeah. You, once you get over that, then it's like the, the episode where he has the heart attack. Mm -hmm. That was, I, it was one of the last ones I've ever watched, but it was. 
very, very I, touching and very, very good. And when he appears after that to be like, you know, a vision from Zor, what, uh, Jor-El or some shit like that, it's mm-hmm. very, it has been kept nice. I actually stopped watching Smallville after the second season. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it has quite possibly one of the most annoying theme songs ever. In, in, in the sense that it's so easy to just want to keep repeating it over and over. I did it for two years. <laughs> I did it for like six months. No, I used to live in a house with six guys. We'd all get home in time from MacGyver and then Smallville. <laughs> and, then and you sang along to the fucking theme, didn't no, you? No, I didn't, but my mate, uh, one of my flatmates, he'd go into, the, he'd go into the, the kitchen and he would like sing the MacGyver song when the microwave counted down. And then he'd get his dinner and then he'd start singing Somebody Save Me. <laughs> but to be fair, for Smallville, it's one of the few shows that has lasted 10 fucking years. Yeah. At, at that yeah. level of mediocrity. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Although I do, I do like uh, Michael Rosenbaum as uh, Luther. He's, yeah, he's in and out of it though. He's kind of he wants to go off and do other stuff, but he hasn't turned up much other stuff apart from playing Luther in DC Comics adaptations. Anyway, Zack Snyder, um, in a recent interview, did uh, talk a little bit about the costume. He said that he's going to be releasing um, a picture, going to be releasing an image of the uh, of the costume way oh. way before. Oh, yeah. Way before they start shooting, because he he says he doesn't want people to like sneak into the set, take pictures, and put them on the net, and they look like yeah. Shit. So there he's just a... gonna send it out pretty soon. There was something I think it was Spider Man. They were saying the same. Actually, the newspapers were saying, and the the websites yeah. were saying I mean, that there was a lot of camera phone shots coming yeah. out, and they better do a fucking reveal. And they did do a reveal, which is quite nice. Speaking of costumes, um, what's her name? I didn't actually get her name. Padlecki. Adrienne Padlecki is that her name? Oh no, I just know her as tits. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> The David E. Kelly produced uh, Wonder Woman TV show uh, announced their costume for this, and this is shiny. It's very shiny. It, I'll put, I'll mean, put a it, picture up online. I mean, it is very clear, very clearly Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and on that level, I appreciate it. But I think what you were saying uh, earlier is right. It's like she's going to make a lot of noise. When yeah, she's under- there's no be sneaking in this movie because she's, she's wearing like blue rubber pants. Now, to be fair, they they've addressed the Star Spangled Undies by just ignoring them completely, which is yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing because that's always something that you're kind of wondering how they're gonna, you know, how they're gonna work their way around that. But and there is no US flag elements. I mean, there's, yeah. there's one, there's a couple of stars, but like she's wearing like a red bodice and a blue pants and blue boots, not red boots, blue I'm boots. I'm actually cool with this image. I mean, she's got the body for it. I mean, like, uh, don't know what kind of, don't know what kind of actor that she is, but yeah. she, she's the right look for it, you know? Breasts are the right size. I'm sorry, ladies, that may sound sexist, but this is Wonder Woman. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're not. We're not, pe- we're not peeling oranges over here. And you know, uh, Liz Hurley's been cast as a villain. Yes, I read about that. Yeah, some pho- I'm sorry, photos. I'm strangely happy about that. Yeah, Liz Hurley, you know, it could be it could be a complete car crash, or it could be we could. It, it might could, actually it, work. It could be mediocre like Smallville, and we could be talking about it ten years from now. You know what? Fuck it. I'm rooting for this. Show. You're rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. I hope it works out. That's just because you're pervert on her. You want to see more of her moving around noisily. Yeah. Can Can you not scroll down so fast? Thank you. All right. There you go. Stop chewing your bottom lip. I love winning. <laughs> <laughs> I like to show her some of my winning recipes. Uh, um, other movie news: We've got director on, director off situation. Uh, Darren Aronofsky is off Wolverine. Yes, he is. Uh, which is it a was shame. nice while it lasted. Yeah, it was a shame. I mean, we, to get the guy who did Black Swan to do Wolverine would have been would have been awesome. awesome. Yeah. So God, I mean, this is probably going to be packed in development hell for a while because they've got to set up a whole new thing. Um, no, I mean, from what I understand, they're going to move along with it. I mean, because uh, the, apparently, I mean, it, I, I, they I said that, but I think the following day they said they haven't got a shortlist of directors lined up yet. Uh, who do you, who would ideally, who would you like to see take it? I have no fucking clue. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Will he do the soundtrack as well? Yeah, it's all jazz. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, he is Wolverine. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe Ben Affleck could direct it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the worst idea in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's out of Daredevil anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other news is that David Slade is going to direct uh, Daredevil. And David Slade directed Hard Candy, uh, 30, 30 Days, Days of Night, Night, which was yeah. very good. And, and uh, uh, Twilight, uh, Twilight Eclipse. Eclipse, which, which we don't know. We're not going to watch. We're not going to watch now. Ever. Yeah. And you've seen all of them. I've seen the first two. Oh. Which yeah. one's Eclipse? Uh, third. These are the new Bond movies. These are the new Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. And that whenever you're at the pub quiz, which ones was it? It was Never Tomorrow Dies and... Oh, God. It was Goldeneye followed by Tomorrow Never Dies followed by... Uh, That's the one no one can get. It's The World Is Not Enough. <laughs> the World Is Not Enough. <laughs> followed by Die Another Day. Die Another Day, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. that used to be... It's like trying to name all five members of Boys Boyzone in Westlife. Or <laughs> take that. That one always finds. Mm. But, um... You just can't. You always get to four and you're just like... Gary, Robbie, and the other three. Jason Orange. <laughs> I, do, I, I do a lot of poke quizzes, so I remember the hard to remember ones first because someone's going to get the other ones. Yeah, but you still couldn't remember the Golden Girls. <laughs> you left out Sophie. I texted you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah I knew you'd get Sophie. Fuck, because she's the oldest one and you're oh, creepy. That was, that was sick. <laughs> I'm winning. But I mean, this is good news for Daredevil. Like, I mean, I, I have heard from reviewers saying that Eclipse was a decent, like it wasn't, it toned down a lot of the people shit that uh, Twilight was getting shit for and it made it a decent movie, supposedly. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on You saw 30 Days of Night, right? <laughs> yeah, I saw 30 Days of Night. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. And they're not going to go full reboot, apparently, as, as they're letting the, the previous movie stand, because we liked the previous movie. I liked the previous movie, especially the director's cut. I thought the director's cut, um, you know, he actually did a pretty all right job in the sense that that, I mean, something that was lacking in the uh, theatrical cut was there was not enough Matt Murdock. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, the, 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 yeah when I watched the director put with you, there was this nice background stuff. It just, yeah. It, and that's the whole thing with Marvel is you got to have that grounding of the real world because otherwise it's just a superhero that cries. Yeah, and that is uh, essentially what, what really did the biggest difference in what makes the Marvel characters a lot easier to digest than, relatable. than DC characters because they live in they live in our world yeah. whereas uh, all of the DC characters live in fictional worlds like Metropolis and Gotham City and Bucking. you know Superman you know pulls down enough money on a you know journalist salary to build a fortress of solitude in the Arctic <laughs> well technically he didn't like have to yeah <laughs> Yeah, but the, dude, maintenance on that shit Show. costs a lot. You know, power, you got water bills, you know, insurance in case Lois falls to her death. You know, you got to tint that ice too because these fucking polar bears, you yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they turn up and they, they want to get in there and fucking rip, rip on the... There's no idea for Superman's story. On, Superman on versus global warming, his house is melting. <laughs> and his heat ray isn't going to help. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's been there's been uh, quite a lot of bad trailers lately. Yeah, but uh, one trailer I do want to say, which is very, well, first of all, we had the Super 8 trailer. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw that. And this is Spielberg Redux. Yeah, this is looking pretty cool. So Super 8 is the movie made by J.J. Uh, Abrams, directed Star Trek, and he was involved in the beginnings of Lost, and mm -hmm. uh, and also the, the creator, of also the creator of Fringe. Yeah. Well, co co-creator, co-creator co of Fringe, and Felicity. And, and, <laughs> and alias, but um, and just about every fucking you know, TV this, show you've ever seen. This looks like something that you know he has totally. This is a trailer where it's a you know a, a train going from Area Fifty One to somewhere else breaks down and fucking alien gets loose, and it looks like a hardcore e, R-rated ET or some of that. But one of the beautiful things about the movie is how he has very much, I think, the verisimilitude or capturing the moment of the eighties. Yeah, yeah, or the seventies even. And yeah. Super eight cameras, just kids fucking around. But it has that same kids. I view of the world yeah, that E.T. E. had. And it's produced by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he said I mean, very and, clearly. And uh, I mean, and they and they clearly want us to have 
that connection with it as well because even at the beginning of the trailer when they when they show the logo for Amblin Entertainment, yeah. it, it is the old school '80s Amblin Entertainment logo. Yeah. So, you know, they're definitely going for that sort of. Uh, and I mean, it's made a friend of the Star Trek yellow lots of that money and great kudos, but like it is a it's a relatively hard sell. It's an unknown property, and it's uh, you know it's a, it's a period piece. It is a period piece, but. It's also an it's also an alien movie. J.J. Abrams, yeah. Steven Spielberg. These are two people that you would, you know, like uh, it is a very, very, very delicious combination of talent. Yeah, especially if they get it right. I mean, you it's know, the it's E.T. With, e. with Lensler. If they're able to bring out what we love about their work, yeah. and uh, without sort of compromising each other, then I think it's, it's something potentially very. very special. I mean, Spielberg's never gone back. To, he never captured that again. Like that, E.T. is a weird movie when you watch it. It's a the fucking, pacing, the yeah, lighting. Yeah. It shouldn't work. No, the lighting it shouldn't work. All it those scenes sitting around the table when they've got the one light above the table yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. shadows everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, and the it shed. Is, it's a, when you, when you watch it as an adult, it is a truly fucking trippy movie. Yeah. It is a very trippy film. As a, as a kid, all, all I remember is just bawling my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not the story. I mean, it's not the story's been done. It's the look of it. It's the look of it is very... The look of it is very unique. Yeah. And it was the same with uh, Close Encounters. And yeah. after that, he never really did that again. Yeah. Whether he grew up or he just started bathing in money, I don't know. Um, it's probably a combination yeah. of, the, of the two. Yeah. But I mean, there is that, that, that thing about, you know, who makes the best art when they're a certain age, but you know. No, but I am looking forward to Super 8. Yeah. Uh, although I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't want to really see any more about it. I mean, well, yeah. Well, I mean, they're gonna make they're marketing it that way. Yeah, they are. But uh, you know that as it as it uh, as it gets closer, they're just gonna fucking it's gonna be a little bit more. And I just want to. I think I've seen enough. I've seen just enough. Yeah. So I'll probably leave it at that and wait till the movie comes out. And on the other side of the aliens attacking, we have attack the block, which is uh, basically aliens landing in a council suburb or a council block in London. Mm. And uh, this trailer is awesome. I should uh, you, I'll send it on to you and I'll put it on the site. Um, it really is like the kids are thugs. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, you're introduced to them while they're trying to mug somebody. Mm -hmm. And then this asteroid uh, lands and they just beat the shit out of it. There's no thought. They just automatically, oh, look at this, hey, beat the crap out of it. And then loads of them arrive. And the kids are out of their depth, but they've got to defend the block. Mm -hmm. And this looks pretty good. Joe Cornish, is, I think he's worked on the script for, uh, he used to do a radio show on BBC. He worked on the script for Tintin. Yep. He's yep. moving more into that. Um, Mick Frost is in it, and uh, like he's got some good lines. You know, you know, you've uh, you've discovered a, fi a, a species hitherto unknown to science, and kicked its head in. Nice one, lads. <laughs> no, I've heard a lot about this movie. I'm I'm really pumped to see this. Yeah, this looks very very good, and the soundtrack's by Basement Jack, so that looks kind of cool. Uh, onto the shit trailers, then we have Smurfs. This <laughs> this is a car crash. This is Yogi Bear. This, this is going to be Yogi Bear. This is worse than Hop. <laughs> yeah, definitely worse than Hop. It looks terrible, and I'm I'm actually pretty. Hop redeemed itself with the second trailer. This shit has got to be handing out free money in the second trailer for it to be any good. I'm actually pretty gutted about it because I was really looking forward to a Smurfs movie. <laughs> really? I was. Why? I really wanted it to be awesome. How? I like the Smurfs. Fucking sue me, okay? I mean, like I. You should have got Pixar to do or something. I like wanted, someone could add that tone. I was, of, I was just really looking forward to like just getting super stoned and going to see the Smurfs in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually really looking forward to doing that. And after watching this trailer, it's like, oh, it's just the trailer's shit. It yeah. just looks. You know, how can you have Hank Azaria, Neil Patrick Harris, and little blue people running around for two minutes in a trailer and not one single laugh? Yeah. How does that work? Neil Patrick Harris hits himself in the face with an umbrella. Yep. That I think that will sum up the movie. <laughs> That's what he'll be. <laughs> that's what he'll be doing at the premiere is just like just be hitting himself, <laughs> just flogging himself. I can't believe I made. They must. He must have gotten a pretty good fat paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. 
But although I will say it is better than better than the trailer to Conan. You didn't like, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't get to play full screen, so I couldn't see an awful lot. But it is smoky. It's like you, it's a fire. You couldn't see an awful lot because there's nothing to see. Yeah. It's like it's all smoky, and then you got like images of the characters, like certain clips that are like projected onto the smokes. So you can't yeah. even see them that well. It's like Conan clearly. It's Jason Momoa Jason, swinging his sword around. Jason, he looks retarded. <laughs> but what I don't get is that how stupid can you be? This is a this is a reboot that has got so many people against it. You've really got to come out. I mean, if you really you got to put your balls out there. Exactly. You know, like if you want to come out with a this is the first trailer. You got to come out with something awesome because nobody's expecting your movie to be good. And this is reinforcing that. that exactly. Feeling. You got to. You know, I mean, you, they did pretty all right with the. Uh, well, with, with the with the poster, with that was it, the lenticular poster. Oh yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Did you see that poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was the lenticular poster, like where he's standing on a mountain of skulls. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. It kind of gives you a little bit of hope. And then just come out with this fucking teaser trailer that's just like, it's not even, you know. You're not a knight. You're not even noble. I care not. I live. I love. I slay, and I am content. That's his line from. I mean, they gotta work in the lamentations of their women just to get. <laughs> they gotta do that. Yeah, they gotta do that. But yeah, this looks shit. It, does, it looks absolutely fucking atrocious. Uh, I saw the trailer for Larry Crown, which is like Julie Roberts and Tom Hanks, and this looks bizarre. This is like. The, Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen the, the the trailer for Larry Crown. It's like it's just generic. Yeah, but he also looks borderline disabled. A little bit. Yeah. He's like he works in a store. He's going back to school, and then he gets fired because he's not got a college degree. He goes back to school, and then Julie Roberts is his hot lazy teacher. And he just seems like an idiot the entire time. Like it's like there's a reason why he got kicked out of school. And she's this may be a movie I like her in. I don't I haven't yeah. liked her in a long time since yeah. uh, Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, yeah. But she seems to be playing Zoe Deschanel in it. A little bit, yeah. She's kind of kooky. She's kind of making you know she's making alcoholic smoothies for breakfast on the way to the mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. and shit. Mm -hmm. and it could be you know or she he does the the jumping up and down that's the Ready Zellweger did yeah, yeah, and yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. I can still see you you're so weird and that's like that was slightly endearing but yeah. Tom Hanks might be, he might have gone full retard. He might have gone a little too... <laughs> As they say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like that. I just, you know, they said that in Tropic Thunder, you never go full retard. Although I did laugh when he got on the scooter and crashed into the rest of the shit. <laughs> I, I like a little pratfall every once in a while. It's like that scene from Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist where they come in and they stop the van, uh, just to, but they still knock over the trash cans. I just think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> There's something about just speaking of slapstick and people's destruction careers, destruction of public property. Slapstick and people's careers going to the toilet. There's a, a movie called The Last Godfather. Have you heard about this? Harry Keitel's in it. Uh, yes, I have. He's heard like about a this. don, and he's reaching the end of his life. So he has to appoint an heir. But it turned out that in his younger days, he went cap, cap. He went fucking around in Asia and yeah. uh, he sired a child and the child is basically like out of a 1930s Asian racial stereotype thing like the kid is like in the 30s or 40s like uh -huh. and he just like he wears the pants up around his nipples and he's just like wandering around like they teach him how to beat people up and he just keep you know they're supposed to swinging baseball bat. and it's just it's almost Buster Keatonish. Mm -hmm. like it's almost silent era comedy but there's a reason why they don't make those movies anymore and it looks retarded it's like Harvey what are you doing is this like a cinema release or? A yeah, well, I saw it on YouTube, but then uh, not YouTube, but uh, iTunes. But they they seem to be putting a lot of stuff on their site that's a bit weird. Like they have Bonnie and Clyde versus vampires, and also they had the trailer for the the Danny Boyle directed Frankenstein that was on in London, the mm -hmm. play. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing with that shit. Oh, but that's pretty interesting though, because uh, you know that those two actors alternate their roles. Yes, yes. That's, that's it. It's it's John Lee Miller and uh, the guy from Sherlock. Yep. No, that Something is pretty cool. Benedict. 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 
Cumberbunch. Cum- <laughs> His parents hate him. <laughs> Why do you just call me Dave? <laughs> Eggs Benedict Arnold. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll leave it there for news, but we'll move on to emails. Yep. Uh, this week we have a cavalcade of emails. If you want to email us in, it's podcastmeyetandfries.com. What have we got? Uh, email one. Saw the picture. This is from uh, Chap. Saw the picture of Meryl Streep as Mario Thatcher. Was intrigued and unnerved at the same time. Glad it's out of my system. Cheers, guys. It was unnerving, that picture. Uh, email two is from Marie, who says, Okay, boys, one recuperation in bed month down. Another to go and running out of decent films to watch. Any suggestions for the ultimate movie list that I can uh, uh, get? Uh, to high heaven that can run the full gum up prefer not subtitled as I'll be working on my laptop at the same time a soft spot for brainless thrillers action nothing too obscure that won't be able to find on the uh, blockbuster films I have found interesting recently were the girl with the dragon tattoo inception of town films I dislike the island match point Marley and me <clears throat> twilight wretch jury's out the other bullion I never even heard of jury's out oh she's jury's out on the other bullion girl house flying daggers the fountain gull of his travels thanks in advance for your decent suggestions hope you're both well Instantly, I recommended when I got this on Twitter. First of all, I recommended Easy A. Easy A. You should just see that movie. That you need to see that movie. It's just that good. Okay. And I think for lying in bed while you're recuperating, that's a perfect movie to watch. Uh, you could also watch all the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, you could. Yeah, um, I also recommend. Uh, was it Daybreakers? Daybreakers, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a hidden gem. Little hidden gem. Yeah, yeah, that's a little hidden gem. Daybreakers. That's a vampire flick. Um, don't let the genre. Put you off. It's, yeah. uh, it's a nice little. It's got Willem Dafoe and Scott said and Sam Neill yeah. and Ethan Hawke. It's got a solid cast. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good little hidden gem to watch. Um, Evil Dead trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, if you got a whole month, you got to fill it. <laughs> watch all of Alfred Hitchcock's old movies. Yeah, yeah, that's not. That'd a bad be a idea. good idea. That's not a bad idea. Uh, what else we got? Or you could, um, I don't know, go back and rewatch the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. You could uh, you know, like put yourself through the What's torture. What do you mean the original one? There's only one trilogy. <laughs> That's what I mean, the one that came yeah. first. <laughs> no, there's only one. There's, there's, there's only one. They didn't have any other movies. All right, all right. George Lucas um, is dead, right? Uh, if you haven't seen Hudson Hawk, I recommend that you uh, watch that as yeah. well. Hudson Hawk, Last Action Hero, uh, Ishtar. <laughs> <laughs> They're in recuperation. We don't want to drive them over the edge. Heaven's Gate. <laughs> I've never seen Heaven's Gate. I'm getting more and more want to see it. <laughs> uh, Year of the Dragon, Deer Hunter. Uh, the Hunter, the Sicilian Highlander watch all the Highlander movies yeah <laughs> it's like maybe in reverse order so you don't feel like killing yourself afterwards <laughs> it's like a decay of meaning yeah. <laughs> it is like you know what is it's, it's in the dictionary when you look up the law of decreasing returns watch the complete Faulty Towers yes that'd be a very good one yes you can get into TV shows like that and the small seven episode thing yeah, IT yeah. crowd would be good for that as well watch all of the John Carpenter Kurt Russell movies Watch all the John Hughes movies. Uh, yeah, watch all the John Hughes movies. Um, watch Tombstone. <laughs> Why Tombstone? Because Tombstone's awesome. <laughs> I love that, that movie. <laughs> uh, well, if you haven't seen Big Lebowski, obviously take that. If you yes. haven't seen Withlin and I, obviously take Withlin that and well. I. Um, what else we got? Mm, hot fuzz. Kevin and Perry go large. Yes. <laughs> Hot Fudge, Shaun of the Dead, you got it all. Midnight Run. Ooh, Midnight Run, yeah. Midnight Run. Yeah. Put some classics. Yeah. It's good. Trading Places. Let's watch some old school John Landis. American Werewolf in London. Yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to see that again. Watch The Howling. The Howling. <laughs> the Howling. <laughs> and uh, what else can you watch? Watch Silver Bullet. Yes. 
<laughs> silver bullet. As you're recuperating, you'll think, no, I'm not going there. Uh, yeah, you watch Silver Bullet, definitely get a copy of that. That's awesome. <laughs> watch the A-Team if you haven't seen it already. It's out on DVD now. Yeah, Stand By Me. Yeah. Well, I had a semi reunion recently. Like, Will Wheaton was a bit choked up on Twitter because, like, he? yeah, because okay, I had the but I had like all the, the, the cast and then um, what's his name? I can remember as the director from Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner from Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spinal Tap. That's another thing that you can put on. Definitely watch that. Yeah, I think that should keep you going for a yeah, while. Yeah, the commitments. Yes, these are all good movies. They're easy to find. Definitely, you know, some of them are hidden gems. Definitely watch them. Yep. Uh, Chopper, Romper Stomper. <laughs> I just, I'd love to know how your mind works. <laughs> well, just, you were, like, were you working around like the world? Like, right, I haven't said anything Australian. Old boy. <laughs> Asia. Smola. The host. <laughs> the host. <laughs> I will cut it there. So hopefully that'll keep you busy. The, the Great Muppet Movie. <laughs> Muppet Caper? The Great Muppet Caper. What are they? There's, there's, there's the Muppet Movie. There's a uh, Muppet's Treasure Island. Yeah, you know the, uh, the original ones. There's Muppet Movie. The Muppet Movie. The, the Great Muppet, Muppet Caper. The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. Yeah. So. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Just watch that over <laughs> and over again. It'll never get old. I've watched it. I can't, I'm not caught up to you yet. You're, rec- you're recuperating. Watch Flatliners. <laughs> <laughs> and then watch Basic Instinct. And then watch Falling Down. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the entire season of Mad Men or series. Watch Fringe. Well, Marie, yeah, watch Fringe definitely. Watch Battlestar Galactica. Actually, that that shit will keep you occupied for fucking days. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely get into that shit. That's awesome. All right, I'm uh, moving on to email three, which is from regular correspondent Max. Max says, "Hi guys, I sprained my ankle in a rather horrible interpretive dance accident. I have always been accident prone, especially when we use tools designed for right-handed people. So I've been at home and I've watched two movies just so I could send you an email reviewing it." A masochist is a person who likes a cold shower in the morning, so he takes a hot one, which is why I watched I Am Number Four. <laughs> I also watched Burlesque. I found out the movie. Oh, yeah, because I asked about while we were away, since reviews, so no one else has reviews. Uh, Max also watched Burlesque. I found out about the movie from Sammy. Sammy is in public relations, despite the fact that he looks like, and I say as a friend, a crazy person who has failed to take his medication since 1984. The movie was a clumsy drama that desperately wants to be cabaret. Don't watch it. Okay, I gotta go feed Barnaby. I think it's a turtle, right? Bye. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen Iron before. I've heard it's, it's I've, Twilight I've, with laser beams in the hands. Speaking of burlesque, and also uh, going back like uh, another thing for uh, Marie, another movie, if you haven't seen The Goonies, watch The Goonies. That should keep you entertained. Yeah. Why uh, does that link to burlesque? But speaking of, yes, uh, I just recently found out uh, that uh, burlesque was directed by Troy Perkins from The Goonies. Which was Troy Perkins? He was the, the asshole, the jock. It's like, Andy, you Goonie! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, apparently. The Goonies don't good for themselves. Yeah, apparently. And like whole, you know, chunks of fucking agent. Big time Hollywood agent. I know, I know, I know, I know. But apparently, like in real life, Troy Perkins is an absolute flamer. Really? Yeah, and so he directed burlesque. <laughs> See, that's the thing with jocks, isn't it? They're all hiding something deep inside. Even yep. the people who play jocks. Do you like my Troy Perkins impersonation? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Andy! <laughs> Troy! I didn't know he had braces. Touch that mirror again, I swear to God, I'm gonna smash your face. <laughs> hey, look, it's Brad. Ooh, like the bike. <laughs> Soda pop! Oh boy, am I thirsty! Damn it! That's a chunk. <laughs> Enough of the Goonies. Goonies never said I, but enough of the Goonies. I want a Vila Scalapine. A bottle of Nantagina in 1981. 
I still think the funniest joke is, kid, you want to know everything. Start at the beginning. And then it just cuts to, and then when I was a fat cat, I stole cookies and didn't tell anybody. And I did this with a kid and he got sent home. And they kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> and their faces, the Scapelli's faces when he's doing that. I love his throw up noise. Like, <laughs> 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 I dumped it over the side. <laughs> All the people in the audience. Oh, the Everybody cinema. started getting sick. <laughs> throwing up over each other. I never felt so embarrassed in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to like this kid, Mom. Hit puree! <laughs> That was hands in the fire. Right? No, I want to learn to play the violin. No, stop! I'm just a kid. Not just, not just Marie. Everybody, go see the, watch the Goonies again. Uh, you know my 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 uh, Big Lebowski like bowling T-shirt. There's the Goonies version of that where it's the same thing, but it's it's Data's outfit. So the T-shirt is like it's Data's outfit. I want to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Theta, don't mess this one up. <laughs> Link up tight. <laughs> Eminently quotable. Eminently quotable. All right. Um, so that's thanks for your emails. Um, there should be a form on the website again soonish for you sending your comments if you want. But emails a podcast. I mean, you prize if you want to get in on this. Yeah, a little burp there. I'm a little gas. <laughs> so moving on to reviews. Should have eaten all that shrimp. Um, moving on to the reviews. Let's start with the shared review. Right. So uh, both of us saw Battle Los Angeles, or as it's called outside of America, World, World Invasion, Invasion Battle, Battle Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Which is, are they going to do World Invasion Mumbai? <laughs> that, could be, that could be a good like good way of doing sequels. Yeah. Like next, World Invasion Mumbai. That would be funny. I just, <laughs> Fucking I, Mumbai. I wonder what they said, like, you know, they're, they're land, the aliens are landing off the coasts of major cities worldwide. You know, like Los Angeles, New York, Boston, uh, somewhere in Australia. And then some pissant island in Ireland. Yeah, they say Ireland. It's like, they're fucked. Why bother? What are they going to do? Throw rocks at them? The Irish Navy is the only Navy in the world that goes home for lunch. The Irish Air Corps, they, their planes got too old, so now they just go around on bikes. I mean... Fuck, the, the, the most combat experience the Irish Army has had was being extras in Braveheart. They want their Guinness. Yes. They are there for their liquids. <laughs> so in case you're living under a rock, uh, Battle Los Angeles is the Aaron Eckhart starring... Um, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Who, is, who anchors this film very well. Yeah, but it's about aliens invading and they invade all over the world. And LA yeah. is one of the cities and he's got a... He's a, he's a staff sergeant. He is. He's a pretty good staff sergeant. Yep. But he has a crisis of confidence. Yep. And only a full-on alien invasion can bring him back up to full strength. This movie is riddled with every military cliche yeah. there, there is in the book. I mean, like, uh, plot-wise, it's... it's Hoorah! There you go. <laughs> Never retreat! That's it. Retreat, no. hell! That's it. That's the, that's, the, that's the whole plot. Retreat, hell! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, having said that, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed it, too, as well. I mean, it is a... It is, it's a post Black Hawk Down War movie. It yeah. is like you know, it's lots of it's lots of close shots of grunts running around the cities, and like that's not something you usually see. Yeah. What I like about it is that it lives up to its title. I mean, mm. the title pretty much says it all. It's Battle Los Angeles. That's what this movie is. Yeah. It is one big fucking battle. Yeah. And in that regard, I appreciate I appreciate the simplicity of that. Yeah. You know. Uh, and also, 
they think on their I mean you know it, oh, I was meant to look this up what is it you know it's sometimes sometimes the main people who do the you know figure out the shit aren't on site and sometimes they are it's like yeah, you know yeah. it's like the drill sergeant the drill the drill instructor who found the brain bug yeah, you know, and in this case, you know, these guys use their wits. There's no upload, you know. There's no like uploading a there's virus no to the computer. Virus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff Goldblum is nowhere to be seen because aliens <laughs> use USB sticks, um, or they just use a serial connector. Bit of a pain, but you know, it's, it's all right. But uh, you know, they don't hack the Wi-Fi of the aliens. It's all very grounded, and like they do clever things. I was surprised that they, you know they get they find a dead alien. They, they have a good look to see where the fuck to kill it. Yeah, yeah. Because they keep stabbing this shit yeah. and it keeps going. It is not, it is not without, I mean, one thing about it is like, I mean, you could argue that it's stupid, but at least it has its own internal logic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like fucking Roger Ebert hated this movie. Mm. He gave it like half a star. Yeah. And uh, he, but, but but he's actually pissed off quite a few people. And even I was a little like offended because I read I read his review before I saw the film. And when I saw the film, I was like, dude, what's your problem? Okay. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's probably better than Dragon Wars. Well, I mean, my my thing is is like, how can you give you know you complain about cardboard cutout characters and all this? This is something that most movies of this genre suffer from. Yeah, like everyone's So if you're going to give this half a star, how do you explain giving Independence Day three stars? You need to... Oh, did he? Yeah. You need to review these things. This is Independence Day, Grand War. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the, the Black Hawk Down version of Independence Day. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 for, and as far as being an example of its genre is concerned, I was perfectly entertained. Yeah. I mean, okay, the shaky cam does get a little annoying every once in a while. Respect, one thing, I, one thing I'm, um, that's really pissing me off about shaky cam is that filmmakers seem Too to close. Be, it, filmmakers seem to be doing this whole thing where it's it's come out of the action sequences and gone into the scenes that don't need it. Yeah, there's a few establishing you know? shots yeah, where it's where, where, yeah. to me, where it's, it's like it's a long shot. You're supposed to see where they are, but the camera's shaking. Yeah, it's like this guy has uh, gone to visit uh, his uh, his brother's grave, and it's a very quiet sort of intimate scene, and the ca- and, and the camera's shaking. It's For like, some reason, I can imagine exactly how Michael Bay would shoot that in the soundtrack. <laughs> And that's another thing. This soundtrack is ripped right out of a Michael Bay movie. There is moments of that. There's a moment halfway through where I was thinking, "What is it? Oh, it's Transformers." Because Transformers does have that nice, yeah. the action yeah. theme in Transformers yeah. is pretty cool. It, it's quite building and quite cool and stuff. Um, but um, you know, they do uh, nice firefight action. They all seem to know what they're doing. Referring back to Black Hawk Down, what struck me about this movie is these guys have no idea. And I talked to somebody, I told this about my boss, who's ex Australian Army. Yeah. And he's like, they learned about you know. Uh, combat cover. Yeah. Uh, like they learn all these certain things you need to look for. And like, and, you know, and these guys are walking in the middle of the They're walking street. in the middle of the fucking street with cars with covers strewn everywhere and they're yeah. running in wide open and they get ambushed off the rooftops and they fucking deserve it. Yep. Uh, it does suffer as well from the Save of Private Ryan Grunt in the Helmet uh, effect, which is that I got confused about who was living and dying halfway through. I didn't really have that problem so much. I kind mm-hmm. of, um, I was, I was able to follow it for the most part. Yeah, it was like one or two guys. There's one or two guys who seem to disappear and then come back, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, some of the wide shots you're a little confused, but for the yeah. most part, it, it wasn't too bad. Mm. Uh, one thing I did like about it, I mean, with the exception of a couple of characters uh, who just have their fate written out for them in, in their first scene. There's a guy who starts writing to my dearest wife, and just, it's like, you instantly... Know, you know he's going to get fucking... Yeah, yeah, it's like, you don't do that, man. <laughs> That's like, kill me, stamped on your forehead. Yeah, but uh, with the exception of a couple of those characters... And I don't see him completing the note, so when he says, give this note to my wife, it's like, my dearest wife. No, it's I'm a bus timetable. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't see him writing after that, did you? No, I didn't. I just, he just got to my dearest it's wife. It's the menu in the canteen on a Tuesday. <laughs> Sloppy Joe's. <laughs> my dearest wife, corned beef hash. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he is now. 
that was another moment that struck out where it's like, you know, this guy has a noble sacrifice, and then as soon as as soon as Aaron Eckhart, you know, gets out of the blast radius, everyone else is like, we left him to die. It's like what, what? You're dead already, and Aaron Eckhart doesn't even tell them. It's like yeah, he ordered yeah, yeah. me or anything. He just just fuck it, fuck you guys, <laughs> fuck you all. Hell, but Aaron Eckhart is. Uh, he, Every close-up on his face, you're instantly back in the movie and you've forgotten about whatever cliche was just shown. This movie benefits a lot from his casting. Mm. He really does anchor the film and grounds the film yeah. uh, very well. Uh, and, and, he, and he's handed some pretty fucking bad dialogue to spew yeah. out, and he handles it admirably. <laughs> With a plum, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lovely scene as well, which, uh, you know, it does... It, the script is kind of shit. Yeah. The script is kind of shit. I mean, don't go into, I mean, don't go into this movie expecting a fucking, you know, like a... Potential Oscar. Hamlet. You know, it ain't Hamlet. No. <laughs> it is, though, a lot of ham. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, if you're just going in there for some mindless fucking action... It's fun. It's fun. It's yeah. a fun movie. I mean, I wouldn't not recommend it. No. But yeah. don't, don't sit too close to the screen, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should never sit too close to the screen. You should sit back. Because that's some jittery fucking cameras. One weird thing that hit me weird was it's set in August 2011. Is that the shortest time between release and event? Like, in a movie... I mean, the movies say, like, in the present day or the day after tomorrow or whatever. But this is, like, August 2011. Really? That was quite weird, I thought. It was just, like, instead of just saying some, you know, present day or what, whatever. What I, what I found quite... Uh quite trippy was um, the uh, at the beginning of the movie one of the uh, news n- news commentators you, uh, that you hear is um, about a tsunami going over Japan really yeah oh shit or like uh, or like yeah so that something something's landed in Japan and that there's some devastation in Japan and it was just at the time that the tsunami happened in Japan wow. so that was actually pretty freaky because yeah. that <laughs> that's like you know that's fucking terrible what's happened yeah. oh the, one of the cliched scenes is where he's like you know he starts reciting off the serial numbers of the guys who died in his unit yeah that was just like <laughs> Now the part that I couldn't get was like, uh, you know, it's we already had breakfast. Sir. Oh yes, <laughs> I have that. I, was like, no, I laughed my ass off. That it was, was like, ridiculous. It's like, how big is you've your been dick? through hell? How big is your dick? And that, but that was ripped off directly from Black Hawk Down with uh, with the whole what's his name. Eric Banner. Eric Banner, Eric Banner, Eric Banner. They all get out of this shit, and they're all recovering, and it's straight. Because it, does he actually? He doesn't put the bullets in the chamber, but he starts fucking loading yeah, yeah, up yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was just, and they're even in a tent like they are in Black Hawk Down. No, and there's a fucking breakfast buffet. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> load up. Maybe grab a breakfast roll, bring it with you just in case. You know, you, you haven't, might, eat, you haven't you eaten might. in like forty-eight hours or slept or anything. You might get hungry. You know, like just. Don't throw that grilled cheese away. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I get a can I get a tap out, please? And uh, two five. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. You're halfway through. Is that their unit? Marines don't quit. Yeah. I love how that's how he comforts that little boy. Yeah. Marines don't quit. Repeat mm. it. Marines don't quit. He's Stop like, crying. <laughs> Give me twenty. Is that is that uh, is that um, Michelle Rodriguez's brother? I have no idea. Because it's Ramon Rodriguez. I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah. But it is, it, it's an enjoyable romp. Uh, definitely go. Uh, well worth seeing it, but just don't expect too much. I agree. You're up next. Right. <laughs> uh, another film that I caught was The Fighter, uh-huh. uh, which is the, uh, the biopic of uh, Mickey Ward, uh, played by Mark Wahlberg. Uh, how he's trained by his brother, Dickie England, played by um, Eklund, played by uh, Christian Bale in his Oscar winning performance. How come his brother's name is not the same as his own name? Uh, different father. Uh-huh. Different father. His brother from another mother. Uh, from another father. Uh, same mother, different father. Uh-huh. Uh, Amy Adams plays uh, Charlene, uh, Mark Wahlberg's love interest. M- uh, Melissa Leo, also an Oscar winner, Best Supporting Actress, plays Alice, their mom. And uh, 
she is the mom from hell. Yeah. I mean, the family is insane. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, uh, what, what's, okay, first of all, it's a great film. It really, really is. Is it The Wrestler if it was boxing? Uh, it's different. Okay, it, cool. it is different. Uh, it is a really, really cool film. I mean, it's the best boxing movie since Rocky. Oh, wow. Um, and the performances across... Better than Cinderella Man? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I say that as a Cinderella Man fan. Better than The Great White Hope? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not as good as the Great White Hype. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, Jeff Goldblum, Peter Meg Berg. Ryan. Peter Berg. Oh, no, right. that, you're thinking against yeah, yeah. the ropes. Oh, against the ropes, yeah. That Meg Ryan boxing movie. <laughs> That's just a joke in itself. What are you going to go see? I'm going to go see the Meg Ryan boxing movie. I'm going to go see the movie where Meg Ryan flies a helicopter. helicopter. Courage under fire. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the one where Meg Ryan's an alcoholic. <laughs> Andy Garcia is her husband. Oh, uh, yeah. I like that one. She cries a lot. Um. <laughs> uh, but what's great about this film is, uh, is just the performances are really, really cool. Mark, and they've been this, rewarded with it, right? Mo, they have although, been rewarding. I mean, this is... Uh, Mark Wahlberg and... Um, everyone is on Jason top Bourne don't get an awful lot of recognition for their acting these days. I think that they are getting better and better. I mean, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's role in The Other Guys was... That was acting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Will Ferrell was being Will Ferrell. Yeah. He won but, me over in that movie. Yeah. He was funny as hell. And that was a big surprise. I was not expecting Mark Wahlberg to be funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, uh, I, I He's still... He's being funny but being straight and angry. I still think of Mark Wahlberg as Marky Mark. Yeah, you know? I know. Same here. <laughs> oh, I think about the guy going, oh, the water? And um, <laughs> the perfect storm. He just looks... <laughs> he, he looks like just before he got on the boat, someone hit him in the head with an oar. You know, it's like. But he does that in most of his movies. He I does know, look like he's just he being mildly concussed. You know, like when he's talking to a fucking plastic plant. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Uh, I actually looked that clip up on YouTube because I watched the whole movie and I watched it. It's like, so fucking funny, dude. You're gonna. gonna really when you die, movie. they're gonna play that scene at the Oscars. <laughs> no matter what. Multiple thirty-two time win Oscar winner Mark Wahlberg. Look, I'm just, we're just here for some water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a plastic pan. I'm talking to a plant. Okay. He has like breathless thing the whole time. Oh. It's like a perfect storm. But anyway, Mark Wahlberg is very, very good in this. Cool. And uh, Christian Bale, uh, uh, one thing that what's great about Christian Bale's performance is that we're so used to seeing him play these bottled up intense characters. It is nice like to see. Yeah, like, or like Batman, like The Machinist, like mm. American Psycho, mm. like every fucking character that he's been playing over the last few years. Like e Equilibrium, you know what I mean? Uh, the guy's not right. What's nice about this is that you actually get to see him loosen up. I mean, his performance is still very, very intense. He's playing a crackhead. But at least he's playing intense in a, in a different kind of way. He's having some fun. He's, he's a lot more animated than he usually oh, is. Awesome, is it? He, he's a lot more, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is he's a lot more physical this time around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, and you get a sense of, uh, of, uh, of an unhidden uh, physical uh, gift for uh, physical comedy. Uh, because like when he's like uh, when he's getting high in the crack house and everything, and the mom come like is knocking on the door to try and get him. Oh, he's, he's like two floors up. He jumps out the fucking window and lands in the trash. And it's a, <laughs> and it's a very comical. Is thing. it like, the is it the legs flapping one? No, no he, like he he jumps out, and because you know like if he was to land feet first, he'd break his fucking legs. So he jumps out and like lands on his ass, <laughs> and he's like cr he's like cr cr crumbling all over the fucking rubbish trying to get away. He's like, don't tell mom I'm here. It's like she, it's like she knows you're here. She knows you. Don't tell mom I'm here. She knows you're here. Don't tell mom I'm here. And he's trying to like climb over the fence. He's he's terrified of his mom. You know, it's like 
nothing scares this nothing scares him at all but except his, his mom his, his mom being disappointed with him and the mom is like this uh, really controlling so she's the manager yeah and uh, Christian Bale's the trainer and Mark Wahlberg is just he's just like a schmo who just wants to he's he wants to fight he just wants to fight he's a good decent kind of guy uh, and he feels indebted to his into to his family and um, but basic but uh, Christian Bale is essentially driving his career into the ground yeah. and it's a very He's got a choice. I mean, Christian Bale and uh, Melissa Leo are the ones who have gotten all the accolades, and yeah. uh, Amy Adams as well. She was also nominated, and she's fucking awesome in this. Yeah. And she's really hot. Like, she's really hot in this. Uh, not that she hasn't been hot before, but there's one particular scene where you. Is she do... the girl in Smurfs? Uh, no, 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 no. That's, uh, she, uh, that's she, the one from Glee. She's the chick yeah. from Enchanted. Yeah, yeah. And. Uh, Leap Year. Light the Museum 2. Yeah. <laughs> and Leap Year. <laughs> Sunshine Cleaning. Dear God. Charlie Wilson's War. Uh, and she's very good in this as well. But what's uh, nice is that, I mean, M Mark Wahlberg actually does anchor the film very, very well. Cool. And uh, so Mark Wahlberg has to break away from the break away from the family after he gets together with Amy Adams and starts looking out for him. And then Christian Bale eventually, you know, like uh, Dicky like cleans up his act and ends up training him again. And then cool. they're like, it's one of these like feel good trying to the human spirit types of movies. Yeah. And as far as being like an example of that genre, it is a shining example. It is a really, really solid film. Up there with the Mighty Ducks. I would yes, it's right up there with the Mighty Ducks. I think Gordon Bombay would be proud, <laughs> <laughs> and so would Charlie Conway. Mm. <laughs> cool. So yes, I highly recommend this film. Uh, it is well acted, well paced, very very good. Sweet. I, I definitely want to see this. I mean, it's Chernovsky, right? Uh, no, it's a uh, oh. uh, David S. Russell. Oh, right. David O. Russell. David O. Russell, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Who's also known as the guy who bitched out Lily Tomlin on the uh, set of um, I Love Huckabees. I love my Heart Huckabees. <laughs> um, did you see Due Date? Did you review Due Date, Due Date before? Due Date? No, I did not. I haven't seen it. It's shit. It's shit? Yeah, okay. there's my review. There's um, <laughs> a bonus. Um, Robert Downey Jr. punches his child in the stomach. Um, yeah, I, I've heard it's pretty tasteless, like some, yeah, of, the, some of the jokes it's, are... It's just fucked up. It's, you, you want to strangle Zach Galifianakis with his arty scarf. It's fucked up, but uh, while I was in the UK, I caught uh, Paul ahead of its world war release, so it should be in the US this weekend. I'm not sure when it's going to hit Malaysia, but uh, this is uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, who you might remember call from Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or the TV show Space, all of which are awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, these are two guys who go decide to go to Comic Con. It's a road trip across America on their way to uh, San Diego, right? No, no, they go to San Diego first, and then they decide to go on a road trip. And uh, so they, they, you know, they play Graham and Clyde. Oh, so the Comic Con stuff is uh, at the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's cool. I didn't, yeah. see, I didn't. So expect and that. it was nice to see convention, the convent, the San Diego Convention Center, and uh, the yeah. gas lamp. Just, just seeing photo stills from the convention center, you're just like, oh. I had breakfast there. That's <laughs> where I nearly threw up after drinking all night. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I drooled all of myself when I had that Green Hornet Girls. That was a really nice grilled cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide to hire like a, a, an RV and go across the states visiting all the alien sites. Like there's the black box. They never. They, everyone knows what Area 51 is, but they do a little bit of explanation. That no one explains what the black boxes. There's some like black post box or something like that. That mm -hmm. there's like you know the stickers all over and shit. And along the way, they're, uh, they run some rednecks. Mm -hmm. They run Jay Lynch as well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Who's always good value. Yeah, she's very good at this, even though her wig's a bit wiggy. And um, they're on the run from some rednecks that they accidentally piss off when they think they're being caught up with them and there's no, it's just a car flashing its lights, which crashes, they pull over, and um, out of the shadows, they're like about to call for some help, and this guy says, 
but perform a bit more. And uh, it turns out it's a little alien grey mm-hmm. in combat shorts and flip flops. Oh, really? <laughs> Cop off. And voiced by Seth Rogen. Voiced by Seth Rogen. So the guys, you know, like. <laughs> I love Seth Rogen as a voice artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, no, actually, after watching Green uh, Hornet in a review of that and how he was such a massive douche, yep. Paul is a guy you'd love to hang out with. Mm-hmm. He's just awesome. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting around having a smoke. <laughs> you just see this light up. He's very well done. One of the things that would not have worked in this movie is they hadn't got the digital effects on Paul working well. He works very well. And they do find it, there's a semi instant bond between him and um, uh, Simon Pegg, but Nick Frost is a little bit more weird about the whole thing because he's he passed out for the first ten, yeah, half yeah, an yeah. hour or so, or an hour or two. So he's like, oh, and you're such good mates, but I just. There's an alien and he's gonna probe us and your man's like got the donuts on his fingers going, you want some of this? <laughs> and there is a whole lot of probing jokes and there's a lot of fainting jokes and they do run into, along the way they run into some rednecks and they accidentally kidnap one and she's like a total. Are there any spaced Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz references at all or is it a, it's its own thing? There's its own thing but there is a lot of references. One I didn't catch is when someone shoots the radio and says boring conversation anyway. Mm-hmm. like from Star Wars <laughs> yeah, yeah. and there, there is that element of it and one of the big things about this as well is that you know they say you look like just like an alien grey on all the posters and shit and like, that's because the government have been putting those out in case I get out like to, to stop people freaking out mm-hmm. if any mm-hmm. more people might keep, arrive and he's also like that's just like E.T. or that's just like whatever it's like well yeah I've been uh, I've been given like cliff notes to the uh, I've been reviewing shit for Hollywood for decades and it's like it, cuts, it shows a scene of him having a, like, you know, having a voice chat with, with Steven Spielberg Giving him like script doctoring ET. And Spielberg is actually there. No, no, it's a, it's his voice. Right, right. But it is. I think it is his voice. Oh, excellent. And it's just like he's explaining. Well, I I, I don't think the alien should die. I think he needs to come back from the dead. <laughs> and Reese's pieces. That's what you want to need. That's what he's going to go for. <laughs> you know, he's giving all these real tips. Excellent. And there's, there's, it is a bit hectic in that it is a road movie, so they're out there. Jason Bateman's in as an agent who's chasing after them and uh, there's also Bill Hader and another guy who are um, pulled in as other you know they, they don't know the whole story they're trying to figure it out and they're just bizarre little kind of henchmen chasing people along um, one thing that got me about this movie is that because Peg and Frost aren't the you know they I, they, I think what they did was they probably when they were because they wrote it mm-hmm. they might have doled out the jokes or the funny between themselves and Paul mm-hmm. and as a result they're not quite as to the forefront as normal right right and that's disappointing mm. it is funny but uh, to counterpoint with the, tra- the Super 8 trailer Super 8 you see nothing but claws and teeth right yeah and Simon Pegg himself has said you know there has been numerous publicity things he said well there's got to be compromises made you're getting like a fucking you're getting 50 60 million for this movie to make this movie you can't gamble you know you just you got to make concessions mm-hmm. and some of that is that the trailer they had nothing to do with the marketing and the trailer does give away a lot of the shock that you would get by seeing Paul you've already seen what he looks like yeah yeah but um, no Seth Rogen's very funny there's the whole thing he can only turn invisible you might have seen the trailer he turns invisible but he can only do that while he's holding his breath mm-hmm <laughs> so there's a lot of scenes of him appearing going <laughs> but, oh, cool I really want to see this movie it is I mean it's still up it's still it's like it's number three of the three movies they've made right uh, yeah. but that's still above and beyond Mac and me so, so like you think it probably could have uh, definitely benefited from having Edgar Wright directed yeah the direction is pretty flat I mean there's a few scenes that are like this big explosion and they do do the mimicking of E.T. very well yeah 
And I mean, as I said, the digital Paul is fantastic. I mean, even his little flip-flops. He's got, but just, he but wears flip-flops. But just visually, it doesn't quite have that flourish that an Edgar Wright film would... No, it's, it, it, it doesn't it, have that zip. No, it's, it's filmed like, uh, like, it's filmed like old school, one of those comedies, you know what I mean? Right, And right. that is just flat. Right. And uh, I should say, Kristen Wiig, they, they pick up this uh, redneck who's like totally like, you know, the world was built 600 years, God built the world 600 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul just gets pissed off with her. He's hiding in the toilet. And then he comes out and he's like, well, you know, so he, she's like, she's going, well, no, the world was built, you know, and God did this and all this kind of stuff. And he just steps out, well, how does your God explain this? <laughs> <laughs> and she does the flat out straight comedy for comedy fame which is a lot of in this movie there's, mm-hmm. of, there's a lot of there's some slapstick slapping as well which is great there's a whole scene which is like people slapping one guy and it's brilliant but um so there's a lot of physical humor there's a good bit of physical humor there's shit blowing up Blythe Danner turns up which is kind of cool and that ties in nicely it does have that sentimental aspect to it that, you know Peg and Frost always had that when that 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 that, that turn at the end of uh, Shaun of the Dead with the mother mm-hmm that yeah, took yeah, balls. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah. And like there is a scene at the end with uh, that you know you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that it gets a little bit predictable in that sense. But like it is kind of cool, and you know the aliens are kind of awesome and stuff. And so definitely, definitely worth seeing when it comes out. I definitely worth seeing it. Just don't. Again, I wouldn't expect it to be the funniest thing ever. Cool. All right. No, I'm, I definitely want to check it out either way. Oh, and there's a lot of jump scares. There's a ridiculous number of jump scares, and they're ridiculously low threat jump scares. Oh, really? Like just driving along and a bird hits the window and everyone's like, Ah, Jesus! <laughs> and everyone in the cinema went, Ah, Jesus! <laughs> Which was quite good. It was, just, was there a lot of people in the cinema? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it's, uh, it was number one in the UK. But yeah, it did have a weird week because it's, it, it came out on Valentine's Day. So in the UK, it came out on Monday. Right. So they essentially had a full five days for their opening, a full seven days for their opening box office. Oh, I see. Yes. But they, they went from number one in the UK to number two in the UK. Right, okay. the following week. So I, I, it's making money. The big, the big thing is now how how that does in America for uh, this yeah. year. But uh, yeah, Seth Rogen's great. He's really good. I really liked him in this because I couldn't see him. Cool. I'm gonna do a really quick review of the Adjustment Bureau. Cool. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau is the uh, new Matt Damon, Emily Blunt film. It is a science fiction love story. Mm. It's uh, directed by uh, George Nolfi, who uh, this is the, this is his first film as a director. Wow! Uh, but uh, he wrote. Dude, the how, la- many, how many cocks you have to suck to get a movie with Matt Damon in it? Well, he wrote uh, the last couple of Bourne movies, so that <sighs> so might have something to do with it. So he's sucked Matt Damon's cock then. Yes, no. I would imagine so. <laughs> and Emily Blunt. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Anyway, this is actually a very solid film. It's. Uh, it's, you don't, you Tell don't, me a little bit about the plot. Well, you don't really get science fiction romances that much these no. days, you know? Because uh, the fountain didn't do too well. Yes, there you are. Uh, now, <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't do well at all. Uh, but basically, the plot is... But Matt, as a, about a couple of weeks ago, Darren, I asked you, I was really looking forward to working with Hugh Jackman again. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was, he was. Tough shit, buddy. God, I'm still upset about that. Matt Damon plays uh, David Norris. He's uh, a politician. When we meet him at the beginning of the film, he is a very... Uh, very uh, hot up-and-coming uh, congressman, I think, or a senator. David Norris is a gay senator in Ireland. <laughs> is he? Senator David Norris. And he does excellent accents. Excellent. <laughs> this is just freaking me out. He has a kind of, oh, he's very, you know, he, he's into Bloomsday and all this kind of stuff. And so that's just freaking me out that Matt Damon's playing him. <laughs> <laughs> it probably freaks Matt Damon out as well. <laughs> David Norris. <laughs> so in the beginning of the film, that we're introduced to this character, and basically, politically, his career is going through the roof. And uh, then very early on, there is a little bit of a scandal. There's like some pictures of him partying hardcore and all of that. And uh, his reputation takes takes a bit of a nosedive overnight. So he's upset about this. He goes to the men's room to just uh, try and compose you know, himself. Compose himself. And Does he come back winning? 
No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's trying to figure shit out, and then just as he's uh, uh, about to leave, he hears someone in the uh, in, in one of the in one of the booths, and it's uh, Emily Blunt's character, who's uh, Elise. And they meet cute, and then they meet cute. They meet cute. They make out. I meet almost uh, after speaking to each other for like two minutes. They make out. They make out because it's like there's this connection, you know, like their soulmate. Chemistry, chemistry, dude. And these two actors do have amazing chemistry. This is actually, uh, I mean, I've uh, I've never really liked Emily Blunt as a as a leading actress. I've I've liked her in small roles, mm-hmm. um, but um, this is her her first uh, leading leading role that I've actually really liked her in. The chemistry between her and Matt Damon is very nice. What were the leading roles? Uh, Wolfman, uh, Sunshine Cleaning, oh, yeah. um, Gulliver's Travels. Uh, we haven't watched that. Well, I haven't watched that. We're not going to watch that. No. <laughs> um, and uh, and then after that, they, they she gives him uh, her number and everything, and then he loses the number. And then uh, the th- the whole thing is is that um, that is that happens according to a certain plan, but they keep. Bumping, bumping into, into each, each other. other, and that goes against the plan. Then there, there's the, this mysterious group of uh, men, men that, in yeah, <laughs> that look like you know, like 1950s FBI guys. Uh, basically, in their hand, yeah. they, are they madmen? <laughs> no, they're not madmen. <laughs> but the guy, but the guy from Mad Men is in it. Which which one? Uh, the guy who played um, Cooper Sterling. The guy who played uh, Tony Stark's dad. In, yeah, yeah, uh, Cooper Sterling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um. He wasn't in Battle of Los Angeles. He was in something. That I, I think it might have been justified or something he was in. I was like, fuck me, it's him. Mm-hmm. I was watching him in something. Or maybe he was in French. Which is like, He's been in quite a few things. He was yeah. also in Charlie Wilson's War. Mm. He's badass. Yeah, I like him. He's really, really good in this. And he, can, he looks good holding whiskey. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Although he doesn't hold a whiskey in And this. fucking other people's wines. <laughs> but, Madman. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, the, the whole thing is, is that they, they these, two, these two, this couple, they essentially make a conscious decision to go against... They're star-crossed lovers. They're star-crossed lovers, yeah, you know, and initially they do sort of go their separate ways, but they keep bumping into each other again and again, and it just fucks with their lives and everything. The whole tri- the whole thing is is that uh, they are told that if if they do stay together, then the future, then what was already mapped out for them, which was going to be a great future for both of them, will not will not happen. Right. And so that is the the sort of risk, you know. It's like all of the things that she's going to do with her life if she stays with him. He's told uh, that she'll never be able to achieve any of these things and all of the things that he's supposed to do like become president all this shit it will not happen but they'll be happy but they'll be happy uh, so in that regard it is quite it was it is, it's actually quite an effective love story I yeah. mean uh, I was pretty moved I mean some, some of the some of the scenes are actually quite touching is it an action movie because the trailer makes it look a bit it's like not so much of an action movie as it is a running movie yeah. there's a lot of running <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, Matt Damon and Emily Blunt running away from men in suits yeah but there's no weapons that sounds a hell of a lot like Paul <laughs> Because they're an alien and two geeks. What the fuck are they going to do? They can't put up a fight. All they do is they run from rednecks, they run from the law, they run from guys in suits. Well, well the problem is, is that you never feel like anything's at risk because you because it's established early on in the film that these... That these they can mysteri- run away from anything. That these mysterious men are not violent. They're not about to hurt you. They don't have weapons. You no. know, like there's no fist fights in the entire movie. They don't have mind powers. No, they're not going to do any of this shit. The, the most they may do is like, we're going to do shit to make sure you don't meet. You know, like... <laughs> So it's just like every teenager's relationship with their girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm gonna see your daughter. You're gonna like it. But, but that, but that's the, the only thing about it is that it's the whole film is it feels very light and fluffy. Mm. E- even though they try to build up this sense of tension, like to make things really intense, it never really gets there because you you never at any point feel that they're not gonna get together. Yeah. 
You know, it's like it wears its heart on its sleeve, and you just know there's that's no. That's a big. There's no other way this movie can end. Yeah. You know, and uh, and when it does happen, you just there's, there's a strange part of you that goes, yeah, fucking knew it. Yeah. You know, so the ending is a little bit underwhelming, but what carries it is just the relationship, the chemistry between uh, Matt Damon and Emily Blunt carry the film. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I would say it's a it's a good date movie in the sense that it's just sci-fi enough. So the guys won't fall asleep. Yeah, so the guys won't fall asleep, and there's more than enough lovey-dovey stuff to keep the chick happy. Game on. Your move, Ben Affleck. (laughs) 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 They have a chessboard in each of their houses with their movies on it. (laughs) And each piece is the size of the box office. Ben Affleck's like, yeah, well, I I got my Terrence Malick picture coming out. (laughs) I think I heard somewhere it's only a matter of time before Matt Damon loses the directing as well. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's going to happen. Smurfs 2. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I would go see it. If Matt Damon directed a Smurfs movie, I'd go see it. <laughs> Goodwill Smurfing. Just to, just, you know, like, just to fuck around with shit, like, Matt Damon should direct a sequel to a Ben Affleck movie. And Ben Affleck should direct a sequel to a Matt Damon movie. <laughs> Matt, yeah, a reboot, the, a reboot. Uh, uh, Matt, no, Matt, uh, Ben Affleck should play Jason Bourne, and um, J- uh, uh, <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon should play, play, play Jack, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and they team up. <laughs> it's a crossover special <laughs> to fight Nazis <laughs> in, from, in, from space. The, in space. <laughs> <laughs> With my endless skills and your fist of fury, we can't be defeated. <laughs> Scott Glenn cameo. <laughs> Scott Glenn cameo. And that red-haired guy who's in like all the Transformers movies and uh, 24 is like the gruff commander guy. Oh. You know the yes, guy? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, the guy. Yeah, 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the guy you mean. And he tells him with his down south charm that this is a battle that can't be won. <laughs> and they're like, fuck you, we're Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I don't like them apples, Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> Is that for, are you three for three? I'm three for three. Finish off my reviews then, we'll go with Rango. Uh, Rango is directed by Gore Verbinski, animated flick, not in 3D. Excellent. Starting off a new trend of animated movies that are not in 3D. And uh, which is good because the color pays attention, means something to this movie. Rango is about a chameleon who looks like Johnny Depp on the poster for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's what I've heard. I've heard of this movie as like an animated Fear and Loathing. In a way, I mean, there's one point where he's flying, he's, he gets caught in a free. The freeway, and he actually lands up on the on the windscreen of this guy who looks suspiciously like Raoul Duke, who's wearing uh, the shirt and the hat and the glasses, and there's a Simone in the backseat. Don't worry, well, listen, you see you later. <laughs> and that, 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 that's a nice little touch. But it's a movie about ostensibly it's a story. It's the three amigos with one amigo. He's like he's a lizard. He's a house lizard, and he gets caught out in the desert, and he has to figure out where the fuck he's going he ends up in a town called Dirt where the money is cur- currency is water and they're running out of water and used to be water used to always come and it's not always there anymore and uh, all these weird fucking animals live there and he goes in there and says yeah I'm uh, and he doesn't have a name so he takes out a bottle of beer and it's like Rango and uh, yeah I killed them uh, I killed those outlaw brothers and I did it with one bullet and says all seven of them because <laughs> he wants to be an actor Right. So he decides that it's just a role. I'm new in town. I can assume whatever role I would like. I see. Not believe, not realizing there's consequences to these roles. Right. This and and I mean that that makes it sound very pat. But the first ten minutes of this are one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like you don't get any of this from the first ten minutes. You just get a lizard acting 
out. Uh, Rome, no, it's not quite Romeo and Juliet, but with the props in his aquarium. Right, yeah. Or his, what's it, Solarium? Whatever the fuck they call it. Uh, scenario. The thing they put the lizards in, anyway. And it's just like, there's no intro. This is, you just, you're introduced to the character, mm-hmm. but I have no idea how six-year-olds will take this. Because mm-hmm. he's acting against a plastic palm tree, a dead cockroach, and the top half of a Barbie with no head. Uh-huh. And he's talking to them like the people. I'm hoping that's a, I hope that doesn't ruin it for people, but it is it's, uh, it seems weird to, opening to it. It seems to be hanging on. I mean, uh, it didn't drop that much in its second weekend. Oh, no, and I mean, it is a good film. It's very funny. Um, you know, <clears throat> Johnny Depp has some great lines throughout. Um, but I have heard that the film is kind of polarizing in the sense that one like, the, it is not your standard uh, animated film, family fuck film. Fuck no. Care Bears is not. I mean, one of the things is that you the look of these things there's a family of gophers and moles in the country and one of them is in faces entirely wrinkles like you can't even see his eyes and it's kind of hideously beautiful like one of the things with 3D without not being in 3 is that you can actually see the detail on everything mm-hmm. and I don't even know what half these critters are they just look bizarre there's an armadillo who's been run over mm-hmm. played by um, Adama uh, Edward James Olmos Edward James Olmos and like he's been run over his mm-hmm. middle is flat like he's like two halves of a fucking armadillo and in the middle, it's just completely flat. Yeah. And he still wanders around. It's just like bizarre about that. And the, the, the creatures themselves, the animals in town are just, they're kind of horrifying, but the detail and the, char- the characters behind each of them is so good that you're totally on board with it. Mm-hmm. Like Ned Beatty plays the mayor, who it's a very, it, uh, hopefully not giving anything away, but it's a bit like Chinatown. Right, right. And he plays the mayor and like he's a turtle and he's, I was here before dirt and I'll be here after dirt. And he's yeah, like, uh, and it's she- Ned Beatty and it's fucking, so Ned Beatty. She mentioned that actually. Uh, he, he said that that's a nice little Chinatown reference. Mm. But you, I, have, I knew his voice immediately, but I couldn't place it until the credits and stuff came up. Mm-hmm. And they do the Pixar thing, of course, of having the 2D credits, the silhouette credits and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is, there's a, there's a whole political thing going on. There's the water being searched for, and it's just turned into weird fucking things. Just being weird. Like he's just. I don't know how they shot this, how they made this movie, whether they got them all in the room and something to play off each other and stuff like that, because it is just bizarre. I mean, he does have a out in the desert, no water moment later on in the movie, which is very much Scott Pilgrim. I'm so alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's not as weird as it made out to be, but it is decidedly odder than you could expect it to be, if you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah we, we all expected, to, we were hoping it would be weird and yeah. interesting. And, and every, it is. Everything that I've heard about it, yeah. like, just gives me a lot of confidence. I really, really want to see this. Yeah. And it's just, it's a strange, strange little movie. It's a strange gamble for any Hollywood movie, cinema t- uh, studios to take to say, yeah, we'll give the guy who made Pirates' movie to make a thing about a fucking chameleon with Johnny Depp. It's freaky. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, there's a Kim Novak joke in it. Oh, is there? Yeah. And it's like, because Johnny Depp is like, yeah. on TV. There's some part of students, some students' living room. But like, I barely know who Kim Novak is. How's this going to play with six year olds? Yeah. But uh, it is definitely worth a watch. Uh, visually, it's sumptuous. It's just there's, there's a lot of very trippy scenes in it later on. There's some very nice uh, set pieces. It's it's a rollicking adventure as well. Mm-hmm. And just it's just a dollop of weirdness that makes it takes it to the next level. Uh, I've heard some reviewers online saying it's Corbinsky's best movie. Um, and also it was uh, ILM did the animation, which is I think their first full. They weren't publicized at all. It's their first pu- full length animated movie. Right. Industrial Light and Magic, the Steven Spielberg's company. And. That's George Lucas's company. George Lucas, sorry. Uh, the cast as well is, is, is fantastic. One of the things is that it, was until, it wasn't until the end I figured out who the main female character was because Isla Fisher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does such a really good... You know, she's not quite the little kid, you know, strange, don't leave it. But they all talk like that and it's very hard to pick out who's who. Abigail Breslin is the kid, right? 
Uh, yeah, we got Brendan's the kid. Ned B's the mayor. Alfred Merlina is roadkill. He's the guy coming up. <laughs> Bill Nye doesn't do his normal stuff. He's rattlesnake, rattlesnake Jake, who is awesome. Mm-hmm. And just he's like he's a rattlesnake. So he's got no hands, but his guns are on his tail, where his rattle should be. Right. And he's just badass looking. For a moment there, I thought it was uh, what's his name, uh, Lovejoy. <laughs> He doesn't do right, the normal right, Bill right, Nye right, thing. Right, yeah. It's a bit more, uh, he's got more in it. Ray Winston's in it. Timothy, Timothy Oliphant is in, it, in a very trippy scene. I don't want end for any, uh, ruin for anybody. I knew it was him straight away because I'm watching Justified. But that scene alone will blow the minds of children everywhere. <laughs> cool. So yeah, definitely go see this. Definitely go see it in the cinema. And I mean, it's not Toy Story 3. But it's its own universe. It's it's not even in the same running, if you know what I mean. You wouldn't you wouldn't compare those movies. You just wouldn't. They are the only thing they have in common is they're animated. Cool. So yeah, definitely a very cool movie to see, and I highly recommend to anyone who wants to see it. And at that point, we will call an end to this podcast. And give you the box office results from Malaysia and the US. The Malaysian box office, number ten. One hundred and twenty seven hours. Number nine, Beastly. I've heard the guy in this looks Dreamy, not beastly. Yeah, yeah, beastly, yeah. yeah. I've heard that it's like uh, this. Apparently, <laughs> was held back until Iron Man Four came out. Yep, yep. Doesn't and, seem uh, to have helped. Doesn't moment. seem to have helped. Uh, number eight, the Adjustment Bureau. Number seven, unknown. Uh, also known as Taken Two. I've heard it's not so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Number six, Mars Needs Moms. This is the biggest bomb ever. Yeah, I mean, this is this is actually this has this sunk the yellow submarine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dive, dive, dive! <laughs> yeah, this has uh, made such a bomb that uh, Robert Zemeckis will not be given any more money to make dead-eyed animated movies. <laughs> Although, as I read that article, another article said uh, a couple of things had um, what's Billy Elliot, uh, Jamie Bell, saying how he's seen footage of Tintin and it will blow the doors off most and capture. So you never know. Some of the actual Mars, Mars these mobs. You see the behind-the-scenes shit with uh, of course he's going to say Seth that. Green. What is he going to say? It's like I've seen some of Tintin. It's shit. I'm in the night. I'm in the eagle of the night. I need some help. Um, <laughs> I was, I'm working opposite Channing Tatum now. Somebody help me. Um, but did you see the behind-the-scenes thing, which is just like Seth Green and the guy, big fat guy who plays the big fat guy in the movie, just fucking around on set in their motion capture suits? Because it's still Seth Green. Originally, it was Seth Green's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Modulate the sound like a child, but it yeah, was freaky. It, yeah, it didn't work. No, but they have a real kid's voice. But even with that, you can't just see them in their suits and just fucking yeah. around on set. It's quite fun. Uh, number uh, five, I am number four. But you're at number five. Number four, World, World Invasion, Invasion Battle of Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Oh, I didn't open that big. Oh, dear God. Number, number three, Big, big Mama. Like Father, Like Son. Number Why? two, Rango. And uh, number one, Hikayat Murong Mahawangsa, the most prestigious Malaysian movie of the year. What's it about? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have a friend who saw it, and uh, I asked her, um, "What's you know, is, is it any good?" And she said, well, "For a Malaysian film, it's all right." <laughs> and then I said, "What about a normal movie?" Oh, three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, so it's not all right. <laughs> you know, compared to Ebola, it's all right. I hate it. When, I hate it when people say for a Malaysian movie, it's all right. Just why can't you just base it as a film? Yeah. That should be based on that. And the US box office top 10. Number 10, Gnomeo and Juliet, the uh, Elton John produced animated feature, which is just bizarrely doing well. Yes. Number 9, The King's Speech. Great movie. Because the bloody well stutter. Because the bloody well stutter. Number 8, just go with it. Another uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Shitfest. Shitfest. Uh, number 7, Beastly. Number 6, Hall Pass. Yeah. Number 5, Mars, Mars Needs Moms. Moms. Number, number 4, four the, the Adjustment, Adjustment Bureau. Bureau. 
Number three, Red Riding Hood. I saw one good review of this. You said one good review. It's, it's getting generally bad reviews. Number, number two, two, Rango. Number one, Battle Los Angeles. All right, so that's the end of our podcast this week. It's good to be back. Uh, hopefully we'll have another one next week. Yep. And again, if you want to email, if you made it this long, you should email us in the podcast and we'll get fries.com just to let us know you made it to the end. Yep, and tune in next week for a review of Sucker Punch. Cool. See Talk you then. Bye.